a big the big swings because like it actually tracks when I'm doing the editing here. And we're back, episode 22, Beyond the Bleachers. How is everybody doing? I myself am Tendo Bossa, um, and I'm joined by the beast from the east, the mellow without the jello, uh, the man with the plan. His name is Moses Waldo. Moses, how are you doing? I kept it short and sweet this time. Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering where you're going to go with that. Yeah, no. I, but, uh, you know, you kind of summed it up, wrapped it up, and then, you know, tied it with a nice little bow, and of we're course, good to go. Of course. You know, not every week I'm going to give you something too, um, you know, drawn out. I, I want to sometimes give you some compact stuff, like something to digest. The other stuff you mull over of weeks and on end, you know, this, the stuff I, I planted in with seeds. So in, in weeks to come, people will be like, oh, oh, but, you know, this one's just kind of short, sweet, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> I managed to make something short and sweet, more drawn out. But how are you doing, man? Um, how's your week been? Uh, happy Canadian Thanksgiving or uh, recognition thereof. Um, oh, thank you. I do appreciate that. Okay, no problem. Yeah, it's, man. Been good. it's been good. Um, you know, obviously, just like anything, it is uh, too short. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, for you know, sure. when anytime we got holidays, they're just too short. Yeah. No, ex- exactly. For all the time that, what the funniest thing is, for all the time we've apparently received now with COVID, um, things are still happening. You got to in and out. You got no time. You got no time. Uh, but at least you, you know, you had a good one, turkey dinner, saw the fam. So I'm sure that must've been great, you know, and I'm sure, uh, you, you happen to peruse and uh, take a look at, uh, the, uh, Thanksgiving, uh, games that were on over there. Moses, uh, we happen to watch the crowning, uh, Mr. Four, LeBron James, he hit it, he made it, he's the on the Mount Rushmore. I guess, depending on who you talk to. Well, to him, yeah. <laughs> He'll he, he calls himself the self-proclaimed goat. Don't get me wrong; like that, it's it's a phenomenal uh, achievement. Four yes. championships, ten NBA Finals appearances. You can't knock that, especially in the modern day era of the NBA. Um, you know, we're always looking at these legends, and we're like, ah, oh, they can never compare because you know they they can't do what they did back in the day. Now, um, I, I've I've taking this approach and maybe it's just because I'm a bitter Celtics fan, but <laughs> yes, LeBron won it in a soft NBA. Oh, okay. Yes. Right. Like, no, but like, but I, I've heard this argument. I think Stephen A. Smith made the, uh, the argument as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's I'm been, like, it's been made. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I don't think you really compare the eras, although you got to give him credit because you know, if you look at LeBron James, no one has traveled more. Uh, <laughs> No one's has committed more offensive fouls no uh, than the man himself. You, this man's road tripping. This yeah, guy's I'm got just, luggage. I'm just teasing. Hey, all I have to say is uh, that crab walk. That tr- yeah. crab walk. We got to get that get that investigated because that thing's that thing's moving, moving. But it was a phenomenal. No, it was a phenomenal effort. They, yeah. they showed the Lakers did bubble or not. Like I'm not a person that's going to be like, oh, they wanted the bubble. There's going to be an asterisk. I'm like, no, they they won it fair and square. They were a top team and the team that I thought that would have been more formidable. Yes. In the Clippers 
um, just crapped the bed when they, they took on the Nuggets. They did. And they had a three-one series lead. Yeah. So you can't blame anybody, and, and kudos to the the Nuggets doing that, and Jamal Murray, which I was over the moon because I know he was facing a lot of criticism from a fan's perspective. Yes, my man went off. Well, critic, well, critics got in there, but what I'm getting at is me as a uh, yes, okay. am really appreciative yes. of what Jamal Murray did, and it's awesome to see that he's actually taking that next step because there have been many other Canadian basketball players. Andrew Wiggins, I'm thinking of in particular. Or if you look, you know, he's put up decent numbers, but really hasn't shown, mm-hmm. especially for being a number one draft pick. And, no, and, and, draft and, pick. and known as known, known as the, uh, the Maple Mamba. He was supposed to be the next sort of, uh, you know, Kobe-esque guard. Yeah. Like, Good player, absolutely. Put him in a right mm-hmm. system. Put him in a, an environment where he will flourish. Not a like killer. Like in, in Golden State. But not a Not killer. a problem. No, uh-uh. he isn't. But Jamal Murray has shown those killer instincts. And I think the, the Nuggets are going to be a very, very good team with him and Jokic for years and years and years to come. For sure. A, a, a dark horse that is dark no more. It's they very much cemented themselves, I think, in this era and now are now known as a Western force to be reckoned with. They are basically, they've, and this is so funny. To they were the say. best team in the West last year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, going into the playoffs, they were seated first. I think not? it was our first or second. I'm trying. Um, yeah, my memory like serves me right. Yeah. But yeah, so it's not like they were just a flash in a pan one season. No. They got like really hot and things just kind of went Nikola their way. Jok- Nikola Jokic is incredible. No regular done a season. Job. And coaching-wise, like you look at the, yeah, organizationally wise, like mm-hmm. like, like th- this is a very good ball club. I so I guess maybe we can we can say that in terms of the way they structure the game and the refing and what they look for in the refing has allowed for a softer play of the game. Yeah, um, kind of getting back to that, that main point, I do think so. Because, like, remember, like, you know, we, were, we were joking around. I think we said this even, like, uh, in our casual talks. I think it was a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Talking about the NBA is not the same. Like, you had guys who would, like, like put hands up. And yeah. And they would go oh, at yeah. center court. And fight like it was like you got a basketball ticket, but you might be entertained <laughs> with a side boxing match. Listen, and that's how it was. Yeah, legitimately, was there are some fight comps on um, YouTube, and they're NBA fight comps. It's like it's a fight. Someone stitched together a whole bunch of, you know, 60s, 70s, you know, fisty cuffs. Put them up, homie. Let's. Let's go, big fella. Oh, yeah. They were willing to throw hands right then and there. No problem. So the era is, is totally changed. Stephen A. Smith referred to that, not taking anything away from him. But I think it, it does not quite live up to the shine as Michael Jordan. And it's kind of funny because the, the criticism um, that Stephen A. Smith or the, the, the part that he heard from a counterpart that he's good friends with mm-hmm. was Isaiah Thomas, who does not really have the friendliest of relationships with Michael Jordan. Oh, not even so close. So when, when, when you have Isaiah Thomas saying, like, he is clearly the GOAT and essentially better than, paraphrasing, but essentially better than Michael Jordan, ah, it's tough. I think we'll have to wait because who knows? Like, we could see LeBron win two, three more. I, he might want to play until sure. he's in his 40s. I who think... knows what can happen? And I think that's... That could totally change the dynamic. He could probably win a few more rings. He might end with seven at the end of the thing. Yeah. Right? 
Yeah, I, I totally agree. I even feel like the Anthony Davis t- changed the trajectory of his loss, like his swan song. Uh, I think the last two years were going to be really hard fought for him had they not acquired Anthony Davis. But now, I think you're right. He can see himself winning a second ring next year, um, maybe almost comfortably because of what things are looking like right now. Isaiah Thomas, though, is definitely suspect because obviously this guy, I mean, to say that, like, he, you know, he he contravenes your point and Stephen A's point so much so it's like absurd, right? Like because he will say he will go so far away from Michael Jordan as to say that uh, LeBron is better because of the era that he's playing in. When Isaiah Thomas was legitimately a part of the bad boys piston that made Michael Jordan's <laughs> life a living hell. So it's like it's it's all it's a mind freak because you're like, wait, you are the actual bully, and you're saying LeBron has a harder time. What are you talking about? Um, so to that, I do say I agree that it's not going to be easy to even say Michael and LeBron could be maybe in the same category of greatness. I think they might have two different vestiges, um, and I and I don't think. It's easy to say uh, there's at some point that LeBron's going to overtake Michael because there's just certain things. That, and I mean, to I what, think time is yes. usually the best indicator of that. And he's still yeah. playing. So he's there's still, still playing. Plenty for him. He's still What's crazy, when I mean, you look at his numbers too, and you look at LeBron, career high in assists, I think he's transitioning his game. He's still putting up pretty good numbers, like 25.3 points per game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, I don't think we've seen totals that low uh, since, I guess it was probably when he just rejoined Cleveland um, the, uh, the second time. And I think outside of 25-3, that's when it matched. So he did that in his the first two years he averaged, but his assists were, you know, they're fairly up. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's. I think this year he's just, he had a career high in average of, in assists, and I think that's because he's kind of learning to use other people now. I think he's conserving his energy, learning to do certain things that completely changes the game, which is kind of funny because when you look at his position, because he's always known as a small forward, power forward um, mm-hmm. during his time with mm-hmm. Cleveland or Miami. You know, they listed him as a point guard. <laughs> oh yeah, it's crazy. You know, and I yeah, and I think he's he's changed because of course, like the, you know, big man are you know good handle, and he, he can do his his job mm-hmm. uh, pretty well uh, mm-hmm. in that department. I don't think there's any questions about that. Mm-hmm. But when you look at it, like I think he's finding a new niche. One thing you have to give LeBron credit is he reinvents himself every so every often. single year, and I think mm-hmm. he's understood that you know, I only have a certain window left. He will be thirty six. You know, so like he, he just Coming got very soon. Six, yeah, NBA title, right? He'll, he will be 36 in December. So when you look at that, you know, he's, he's got a, uh, he's got a, a short window um, remaining when yeah. it comes to uh, winning those championships and understanding you got to use your teammates more. But the fact that the, the amount of work that th- this man does for his body, trying to maintain. Uh, a, a certain level of, of uh, elite play. It must be commended. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Like he goes mm-hmm. through all that, that the, the crazy amount of the 
cryogenics and whatever it may be. Like he, he he's he's doing it all. And I, I don't know if it's cryogenics. We can, rebu exactly. we can rebuild him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he, he goes. But he is very very in tune with his body. Mm -hmm. He understands. You know, obviously with age, he's got to do certain things differently. And, you know, he's starting to become more of a facilitator, not like he wasn't before. I don't think he was really a true scorer. The only time he really had 30 points as an average was, I think, in his fifth season. Mm -hmm. And um, I think, and then, you know, and I. That's I when think, he was going for scoring titles. Yeah. And then you, he kind of changed his tune a little bit. Not saying, again, these aren't like where he doesn't score, but, mm -hmm. you know, I think. Right now, he went averaging 27 or so, 20, 27 points per game the last two seasons prior to, to this one. Those went down slightly, mm -hmm. but assists are up. Rebounds are roughly around that 7-8 mark that he's always had. You know, I, th I think he's, he's changing his game, but in terms of that intensity, he still provides that formidable opponent. He's not like, okay, we're seeing a wounded guy here or yeah. a guy who's lost a step. You know, he's just finding different ways to reinvent himself. So, oh, for sure. And, I th and like you mentioned, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. Anthony Davis really changed the trajectory of his career. Oh, Joining sure. the Lakers was a phenomenal thing. Obviously, with Rich Paul and the underhanded work, I'm not going <laughs> to they, 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 they had that. Like, there's, oh my God, tampering the, to the, from the millionth degree. <laughs> you saw, oh my God, it's after so you see those pictures, you know, that's what I thought about when they were, especially when they were lifting the trophy. The first yeah. thing I thought about was the picture of them at the All Star break in Chicago when they yeah. were like in the change room and they were like looking at each other like that. And I was just like, mm. yeah, it's like, you know, they didn't say it because they get in trouble, but in their minds, they're like, <laughs> they Lakers? Each other, they're just yeah. Like, we're we gonna, we gonna team up. We're gonna team up. Like, they'd just be like, "Man, we'd make a crazy team, wouldn't we?" And yeah. you're just thinking, "No, you can't say that. You're not allowed to say that. You're not allowed to say well, that." Well, yeah, the, the NBA is just really silly when it comes to all the the Tampa rules. Because I remember, I think something happened to Laker great Magic Johnson. Yeah. And Magic Johnson was simply asked the question, didn't even say, you know, mm -hmm. it was like, "Come to come join uh, the Lakers." He, he was asked a question about uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, mm. and he just said, you know, the dude is excellent. This guy's got MVPs in his future mm -hmm. and can win Milwaukee a championship. He was mm -hmm. fine for that. And I'm like, oh, sweet Lord. So there's a lot of things that's <laughs> wrong with the NBA when it comes to that stuff. The tampering ideas are just, yeah, ridiculous. And too oh, yeah, robust. when things you're like, that would seem like tampering mm -hmm. isn't mm -hmm. really tampering. Mm -hmm. but yet, Not at you know, all. Something as uh, innocuous as... <laughs> As that, I'm just like. Mm, mm, so oh, and and now that. and now Moses, I wanted to get you uh, your opinion on something else. So, in the NFL, we've had uh, more issues with, I guess, COVID bringing things down. But even more so, we're having issues with poor mismanagement, or I guess we could say mismanagement, um, and poor management. Uh, we have a star, uh, I guess. You know, um, offensive, uh, you know, I guess, wonder in Le'Veon Bell now on the waiver wire. Um, and it's it's almost impossible to imagine that at once this man was seen as a top prospect. Um, he, he brought so much glory to the Steelers um, for quite a long time. Um, ben was his loved 
playing with this guy. Um, they did. They they worked really well. Um, the handoff game was strong from the get go. But after just 19 months, Moses on a four year contract, Le'Veon Bell is now looking for a new employer. Can you speak to what is going on with the New York Jets organization? Because this just, this is just, I don't know. Where are they, what are they planning to do? Where, what can they do now, you know? Tear down MetLife Stadium. There's got to be something in the water. It's like this, <laughs> you got, because you got both the Jets and Giants were just absolutely god awful. <laughs> and the organizations, like, on a serious note, they, they've been run over the last few years um, very poorly mm-hmm. uh, in the sense that you've had uh, real no stability. Like when you look at the, the Giants after Tom Coughlin, there, there wasn't much there that you would, would say, you know what, this, this is good. I only think on looking back at the Giants history, man, I don't think what they've had one outside of Tom Coughlin, I think one playoff appearance. Wow. Wow. So when you look at, yeah, that era, I, I think, Maybe when you look at maybe they held on to Eli Manning a little too long, mm. right? Um, there's there's a lot of factors, but I think mismanagement. Um, when you're the thing on the Jets side when they're trying to bring in uh, certain players uh, that don't fit the mold. Adam Gase was talking about how Le'Veon, how was he going to fit Le'Veon Bell? He didn't really fit into their scheme and their plans. Um, and and then putting so, putting him yeah. on such a big contract to begin with, just ridiculous then i mean if you had no idea of what you could actually use him for or how you were going to work with him you know and now even switching out with your your qbs and i guess finally settling on uh uh wait who do they have right now Uh, in qb uh i can't even remember some dude oh yeah i know what you're talking about you know, the quarterback. Yeah, the QB. Um, he's been he's been around the block. <laughs> <laughs> well, close to show. If you forget his name, like clearly the Giants are forgettable, and according to it's, their season, it's going to be a long one. I wouldn't be surprised if both teams finish with. I think the over under is three at this point for wins oh, combined for man, the Giants. Man, it's 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 going to be so bad for these guys going into the next uh, the next half. Uh, it. I, I do think, though, that for them, the biggest issue is really to get the, I don't know, but the, the perception, the change in perception, because this is affecting their future prospects. Uh, if if these Daniel players, Jones. Daniel Jones, there we, there we go, we got it, thank you, sir. If the, if the big stars are, because this is now the second big star, I guess within the season, who's elected to leave the team and refuses to play? I can't remember the first guy's name, but I know this is the second um, because I've heard like this was on my ticker like <laughs> as well at some point um, prior to this. Like this is certain the same story here, but now this means now if you are a future draft pick or you are a you are a future Hall of Famer prospect, and you are in a you're finishing off your rookie contract, Moses. I think the last place you would ever think to look, especially if you're a franchise player, is New York City. And 
you know, the problem is it's less about even having a bad or a good year. But if you get that dirt on you, that, that smear of being a bad team, of being a bad managed organization, a poorly managed organization, like the Jets are, be- like, I mean, I'm sure they have been for a while, but this really begs, you know, the question, where are they going to find the social, the capital? Because as an organization, I don't think anyone takes them seriously. They have no credibility. Um, and uh, future prospects aren't going to want to even take meetings with the Jets or the Giants, let alone, you know, be at, you know, MetLife's whatever stadium. Nah, give them Foxborough instead. They would rather go and try their luck there, right, than than be where they think their careers are going to die. So, yeah, I mean, there's what, what more can you say, you know, Moses? It's one of those things, like, looking at a combined, only one playoff appearance since, I believe, 2015 was for the uh, Giants. The Giants. The Jets haven't made the play. Yeah, the Jets have not made the playoffs since 2010. That's incredible. That's incredible. And then you you look at the uh, the Giants, their seasons, they've made the playoffs. um, Yeah, they haven't made the playoffs since Tom Coughlin left. And that's been a been a while. So I think that was since 2015 when he was fired. So they made they they made one appearance with Ben McAdoo. Yeah, um, one loss. And then one yeah. loss, hoorah. Yeah, and then since then, so basically, yeah. So so basically, after say since 2012, only one playoff appearance combined for both teams. Oh no, just horrendous, just horrendous. So. It it just doesn't help the uh, the attractiveness of the city. And no, oh man, some something else is going on there because you also have the Knicks who suck so much. <laughs> they suck so much. But but I say that with yeah. a lot of empathy to Knicks fans because yes. oh you're you're owner. You don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. Yeah, it is no. the owner. It really, uh, yeah. No, it's not. It's it's got to be him because it's just been the same issues over and over again. Especially with personnel. That's the issue. It's personnel, and he's not good at management in that respect. I don't think so. Um, so, But, yeah, like, New York is going through something right now. I know even the Rangers are having, like, are, are about to draw someone that they don't really, apparently not really happy with um, for, for um, the NHL. So it's, things are not looking up New York so much. You know, well, the hockey team is is actually not too bad. I mean, the hockey team does the best of all the teams actually on average. They've they've, they've been they've been rebuilding. Consist- they got the number one pick. They're actually yeah. I would I could say five five years ago the Rangers were were very very good. Like yeah, then they had their low, but they're uh, they had the number one overall pick. Uh, that they uh, they won, picked Alexis Lafreniere. So I think like the Rangers are right, but I think that there's a lot of luck that goes into that. Not saying the the management guys. I think the Rangers are excellent. I think yeah. With with Jerry Dolan or Jim Dolan. Um, yeah. I just oh my god. <laughs> that kazoo and everything else. No, well, can't do it. <laughs> oh man, I can't do it. Okay. He's just I can't. Okay. I can't, man. 
just in this just in Moses cannot do it. Um so just yeah, to can't win with him. Can't coach him. Can't, can't, do, it. can't do it. Um so there is who there's someone else who cannot do it. Um and that's all the way in Turin, Moses, because our homie, the big man, big CR seven, has tested positive for COVID. So I know we did speak a little bit about this um before and the extent of what this has meant not only just for Juventus but in within Syria and I guess more and more people testing positive for COVID. So uh yeah, what 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 was it that you were saying? Yeah, it's really I'm gonna say really weird, but one of the things that uh, is sad because it looks like we we might run the risk of not uh, seeing uh, like a, a, the threat of not seeing a, a Messi Ronaldo matchup. Yeah, um, you know, obviously the coronavirus has hit Italy. Um, obviously, with the second wave, and some of the teams were involved. Now, my thing is. Good, like you, you hope the the health and safety for these players first and foremost, and anybody who gets it first and foremost. Oh yeah, is is the thought. But what was really interesting was uh, Napoli had two players test positive, mm-hmm. so they were supposed to have a uh, match uh, in in uh, Turin to yeah. take on Juve. Yeah. And and the thing was, they were like, well, we're not going because they actually heard from local health authorities told them. You got players that in are Napoli. sick. Yeah, in, in Napoli, quarantine, 14 days, whatever. Now, the, the, the most logical thought, and I mentioned this to you, would be reschedule. Reschedule these games, put them at a later date. We've seen this uh, We've seen this in other sports leagues, right? We've seen this in MLS. We've seen it in baseball. They, you know, we, We've seen it uh, in the NFL recently because they've had games where they've had to kind of like... Suspend move, them, uh, move change. things around just yeah, to make sure... In the NFL is a lot worse because our window is significantly tighter compared to say, you know, international or say, you know, football domestically, uh, in particular with uh, Syria and Italy. You know, they have more leeway. Start, yeah, exactly, because their seasons start roughly around September, yeah, and they'll end in May. So you have time to make up. and configure where to pick these games up for sure. So the, there's a rule that Syria, like the, the authorities uh, there, said, well, you know what? If you don't play a game, because we, we use the same rules as UEFA, which is if you have 13 players on a team and a one goalie, at least one goalie, you can play football. That, that's not a problem. You can still play a game. Well, Napoli's like, well, we're not going to go. Local authorities told us, we're not going to, we should quarantine. We're going to do it. They didn't show up to Turin. So what did the FA say out in, the, in Italy? They're like, okay, so you will now be docked one point. And the game against Juve, it's a 3-0 loss. So essentially they've lost four points that weekend. They're appealing it. But according to the rules, and this is going to be tough. Is I don't know how Juve, or I should say Napoli, works this. But it sounds like all the teams agree to these rules. Mm. Just stated. So if you have 13 players and at least one goalie who's ready to go, you can play the game. 
Instead, uh, you don't show up. Well, that's an automatic loss, and you'll be deducted a point because of it. And that's what happened with Napoli. And that's something that the the league said, we told you guys at the beginning of the season. It's not like we just made this up. Mm-hmm. You all agreed to this. So it'll be interesting to see how that turns out. And I, I personally think it's the most ridiculous rule. I think you should just follow the rule as in what we just stated earlier. Just play the games later. Reschedule them. Move it around. You can. You have more dates and times to work with. Make it a midweek game. I know you have a break during the winter, right? So you have a few weeks there. Maybe you could figure something out there. I don't think it's going to be that big of an issue. Instead, we have something like this, which really makes your head scratch because isn't Napoli doing what we want people to do in the general public anyways? If you are sick, come in contact with someone sick, what do you do? You get tested. And then you get you out. quarantine yourself. And you get home. Right? You quarantine yourself. You get tested. See what happens. If you're, you're good, you're good. That's okay. But if you're positive, at least you made the conscious effort to protect others and yourself to make sure yeah. that you're healthy. Yeah. Mitigate this the risk. This is just absurd to me. And I think this is a, one of those things where you just got to shake your head at the... SMH. The, the people at Syria just just really hurting the team that's doing what they can that's best for their team, their players, more importantly, common sense that we're all using right now in this COVID world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's no sense. There's no sense for the league itself, like you as well. Like you've got to be thinking it it's it's supposed to be cohesive, yes, but we also have to to take in the fact that because COVID is, there's all you're always you're always reflecting on the new information that you receive, and things happen to be given in context, right? If your prevent if your legislative, you know, authority, if the city of Napoli now says that you cannot move, it's not based on whether or not you have the thirteen players or not. I, and I think that public safety and public health does supersede that. So maybe it should be fair at least to not penalize Napoli, but to be more aware of the fact that, yes, there could be an opportunity to reschedule. Like, it's there's no need. There's no need for Napoli to be penalized like that. And I think, you know, I, th- I definitely believe that they are... This is Syria showing their hand truthfully... They know and understand their the cash cow is Ronaldo, the cash cow is Juventus. The cash cow selling the jerseys and tickets have has always been, you know, between Inter, AC, and Juventus, right? That's how they sell Syria. And right now, Juventus are on top. So Ronaldo is going to have to be the guy to to keep things interesting. No one really cares about all these other dudes. You know, yeah, you know, like, great, you got you got a nice, cool defender. You got, like, a nice, cool this. You got a nice, cool that. They're all there to see Ronaldo. Everyone knows that. So now, on Ronaldo's dime, the world shall wait. Syria shall wait. On Napoli's dime, you will be penalized, unfortunately. And that's not what is fair, but it's how this jungle or this, this ecosystem works. And Syria knows not to, to disobey it because 
the last time that happened, you know, Ronaldo left Spain. Ronaldo left Madrid. And there's no one who can say otherwise that Ronaldo leaving Madrid was devastating for them, at least for the first year that they that he was gone. So uh, this is definitely in the favor of Syria for, to make sure he's taken care of, you know, quote unquote. Um, whatever he need, whatever whatever the man needs, you know, get it to him. Um, do I agree with it? No, but <laughs> I know that that's probably why he's not going to be overlooked, you know. And and whatever Juventus need to get through, whatever the rest of the week may be, they'll have that. They'll have the opportunity and the ear of Syria first and foremost for sure. They just bring in way too much money for you to think otherwise. Um, and now to think on that transition, Moses, there's also in, to keep with soccer, we also have this controversy with Premier League's big picture. So the big picture idea was the EFL being the league per, uh, just below the Premier League has had issues, obviously, with COVID being a huge factor for live um, sporting events. The EFL is the league just below the Championship League, rather the the league just before the Premier League, and just like the EF, just like the the EFL and many leagues like it underneath the Premier League, don't get a lot of TV money. So for the most part, they're they play all their matches in front of fans in stadiums. But because of COVID, they haven't been able to. So that league has been forced to continue going and playing matches without the majority of coverage or not having that many in-fan games. Um, so that's left them strapped. Uh, they needed a, a bailout about like 80 billion uh, pounds to get them on their feet again, to which... The Premier League came crawling or crying. I wouldn't even say crying, but, um, you know, jumping for joy with a plan called the Project Big Picture. But here's the problem, Moses. It seems as though this thing was cooked up by the the monsters of, <laughs> of the Premier League. Uh, the Big Six uh, created a system that would see the league change from 20 teams to 18, um, relegating about uh, four of them. And yeah, like put, making it more difficult for other teams to climb from the um, EPL up to the, the, the uh, Premier League. And this is all in exchange to just bail out the EPL. Moses, what are your thoughts on this right now? That's shady if I ever <laughs> thought of it. That is just shady on so oh, many yeah. levels. Mm-hmm. And it, they rightfully so, it was rejected because they're like, really? Because it's it's not just, you're like thinking, okay, we'll provide financial assistance for you going forward. That wasn't the case. This was just going to be a one-time payment in exchange for your soul. And that's what it was. And these clubs were like, yeah, absolutely not. Because being in the Premier League, even if you just are there for a season and you get relegated, the parachute oh, payment that, that comes with that is absolutely pivotal oh, for a lot of these teams. Never mind just trying to come back into the league and, and get back into the premiership, but it pays off a lot of bills. And 
for these clubs to see that number dwindle, yeah, they're not buying it. And I'm wondering, no. you know, no. if you look at the the clubs right now, and I'm looking at Manchester United, and we were we were talking about this briefly. They're just three points out of the drop. They're just two spots up, right? Through three matches. It's all these at the wheel, guys. All these at the slow wheel. Starts. Let's all these at the way. wheel. Like, Moses, all these at the Ligue wheel, on. okay? Legal. <laughs> In Ligue 1, PSG was at the bottom, right, mm-hmm. for a while, and then all of a sudden they picked it up with a couple, of, you know, back-to-back wins. But you look at the 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 overall the overarching thing about this is, yeah, this this is not how the Premiership was designed. I, you know, essentially it was supposed to bring in top-flight football. You have your teams, yes, mm-hmm. you're always going to have those upper echelon teams. But I think there's a realization with so many ass whoopings that were happening in the Premiership uh, of late. You know, not just losing matches um, to, you know, smaller clubs, smaller sizes, but the way they lost. You look at Liverpool and the way they got smacked. Manchester United's been smacked twice, um, you know, quite big, including Tottenham uh, in a, in a 6-1. Defuss. Defuss. Yeah, you, yeah, you look at all the, what's kind of transpired over the last little while with all these these crazy scores, I think part of it has to do is none of these teams really had preseasons. They just go into the season, so it's more of a feeling out scenario. The other thing is these clubs don't want to be relegated themselves. Like the big Mm -hmm. clubs, they're like the big banks. They're too big to fail. But right now, they're seeing themselves in the situation they're in, in a COVID world, where they're like, look, we got to make sure that we get our bread. (laughs) And then, you know... Get rid, get, the, the, yeah, get rid of the the other stuff. Rap. Let's get rid of the riffraff. Yeah. yeah, exactly that. I I completely agree, Moses. That's that's exactly what I was thinking as well. Is that the or or rather it's fear. It's it's fear of the smaller teams. They don't. They like I said. They don't like Sheffield. They don't like Wolves. They do not like Bournemouth. They do not like. They definitely don't like Leeds. They didn't like Leicester. And they don't like everything. Are telling me you don't want to go to Stoke on a rainy Wednesday night? <laughs> I I think there's no problem with going to Stoke, but this was if you were going to Stoke in 2005. But now if you're going to Stoke, you are not even close to guaranteed to even draw. You could get walloped 5-0, Moses. It's what it's looking like now. If you leave yourself open to to be attacked... And maybe it's just the formations because a lot of the top flight teams are still using uh, a back three and um, wing backs that are pushed forward. And I know some of the mid table and old and, and more traditional British teams are still implementing a like four three three or or, or a um, you know four four two or four, you know four three through one something something but like in order to keep that that position uh, or or at least a structure of it they keep like a four back line and they make sure they hold them back but then they push up against the defense and i know like liverpool man city chelsea even arsenal and and man united play it a tight three at the back and that tight three is it allows for quicker football, but it's not helping. And I think this old ye old British traditionalist English football is ruining this European style, and I don't think they enjoy it because it's an embarrassment. Moses, look at that score, seven two. 
Look at that. That was that, funny. That, burn that into your brain. Uh, don't worry. Yeah, who are the biggest? Who are the biggest champions for this bill, or for this uh, idea? I think well, for sure, the top six. If you if you're talking they, they're about they're in them. it, but there but there's two people in particular, two teams in particular. Yeah. Liverpool and Manchester Liverpool United. Liverpool and Manchester United. Yeah. Who yeah. own them? Who, yeah. Like who are the owners? Where are uh, they from? Their nationality. Yes. Okay. So yes, this was actually something brought up as well that the the the. The, the Yanks are coming. The Yanks. So this is the Glazer families with the Man United. And then we also have Liverpool's ownership here who own, I think, um, a few um, American leagues or com- um, teams as well, right? Uh, so, yeah, the coming together of those two, those two companies allowed them to bring this idea forward. And I, it, is so, it is so American, it's crazy. You know, they're well, they the believe whole... in franchises, right? Because they course. want they want that money. They want to know when they suck, they're going to be back next year. They're mm-hmm. going to still make record profits. Oh, for sure. They, they don't care about that. No. But the, the whole lure about professional soccer, and this is what disappointed about MLS, because I thought they could have done so much, especially when they started. But again, I understand because the North American market perhaps wasn't ready for something like that. Maybe they, they feel that the franchise model was easier to do because people again familiarity but man i i really would love to see like a promotion or relegation here that's something that is truly remarkable and you know you have two teams in the bottom or a couple of teams are you know trying to avoid the race to the bottom so those games become thrilling. massively thrilling. important yeah and you don't see that like i'm not going to sit here watching two teams that are in the basement um not giving a damn and they're and what they're doing is you're, they're trying to tank Mm-hmm. And they get rewarded by the top pick. So the draft lottery, I think, is you know nice. But at the end of the day, you know when you look at a a, a way a professional league uh, should run, I think the Premier League or just soccer in general, the, the, football the, in general. The, the idea, the idea that you are only as good as your last game really sticks to it. You are a club. You are not a franchise. No, you are not a franchise. And there's something that's unique about that. Yeah, uh, something I you you could fall in love with, and mm-hmm. it's got such rich tradition. Um, you know, outside of you think I guess, um, you know the the America. Well, to a certain de- degree, I, I want to say when you say North America, you always think of like United States, United States, Canada when it comes to professional sports. But then you look at like Mexico and the other leagues are they're much different. But I mean, what they have is promotion relegation. There's something For about sure. that that's very unique. And something, this just taints. And I can understand why a lot of fans would be pissed and a lot of these owners for these clubs would be pissed. And uh, I really am um, behind them. Like, I, mm-hmm. I really do agree. Like, the Project Big Picture was a horrible thing. And I think they were saying they were promising, was it 250 million pounds? Something like that. Like a, a, a sort of parachute in order to get them uh, going again, but then those conditions would be yeah. required to but, be but, implemented. But I mean, exactly, and and who would have control? It'd be six. It'd be the top six of yeah. the longest of the nine longest serving clubs. Right? Yeah. yeah. So essentially, in order to have a majority, or at least to ratify something, you need fourteen, essentially three quarters of the vote almost. So fourteen yeah. of the that's, twenty teams. That's typically what you would have needed before. Yeah. Um, and they were wanting six of the nine. So when you when you consolidate power, what happens? 
you, mm. you end up with a lot of corrupt systems that doesn't benefit everyone. No, no, I agree. I completely agree with that. They were trying to turn, they what they were doing was they were they were turning the ownership board into a legit like corporate board, right? Um, where they could they could consolidate and say, okay, because we are giving in so much. Um, maybe a proportional amount in terms of the bailout package, but uh, we feel as though we need to be able to make due con- like concession or the concessions need to be made and we have control. But I agree, it's going to turn into a, a bigger thing because they're going the, the power is going to reach into the actual premiership itself um, and making alterations in order to benefit the, the clubs themselves and the I don't think we need to see tampering that allows for more flexible verbiage, I think, in contracts. I think that's a big thing that the top six would want because they're all about getting the best players. And I think if these restrictions were loosened and allowed them for allowed them to even start picking players from the EPL, that's another thing we didn't we didn't even think about, Moses, that they could already be just on the idea that if we can loosen things up enough, we can just create farm teams and we just use these EPL teams as a way to distribute and, and pull out talent, which is not fair to those clubs at all because those clubs are playing because they want to, to vie for whatever it is they're vying for. You, you, you are basically destroying what has been something that's been around for hundreds of years, right? Or some of these yeah, yeah. Around for over, you know, a hundred some years. Oh, for so sure. Th- you're destroying all that history mm-hmm. for something like this just because Tarnishing. of uh, just because you want to consolidate power and and make you know billions off it. It's not right. And I got no problem with making money. Again, this is a business, but you know, there there's something like I said about European football that. You know, association, you know, football that just seems to be, you know, above the rest, in my opinion. And I love to see that in North America somehow. Uh-huh. So obviously living in Canada and, uh, you know, <laughs> in Calgary, to see that in the Canadian Premier League, which is kind of their goal. They wanted to, they want uh... to have 16 teams, two divisions of eight teams each and a promotion relegation style format. That's actually, like, that's yes, brilliant. You can do something. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. I'd love to see that. Oh yeah. 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 Cause then you actually have to vie for it and then it's going to be a lot more competitive and then you have end of the season days. Ooh, those days because them's be, them's be the, the super Sunday. Them's be the Steven Gerrard on slippers days. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all, but you know he knows. Um, but just uh, the last thing, just uh, something a little bit light um, or a little bit, uh, a little bit controversial. Um, so Moses, if I told you that um, you being the world championship swimmer and the captain of the swim team for your country. Uh, what would you think would be the reason you'd get suspended from your job or even fired, Moses? What What would you think you'd need to be to be able to do? Like, oh, 
Uh, well, first of all, I had to commit some serious felonies. Serious felonies. Something. In that case. Yeah. In that case, and to, to be to be in that, like so you, you'd have to yeah. to do that. Perhaps even you know doping. You know doping. Like you're, doping. You're cheating. Okay. Yeah. Somehow, right. Yeah. 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 Eh, cheating. Nancy oh. Kerrigan scenario. Like you know you're you're trying to get the better lead, of the other lead pipe. Lead pipe. Lead pipe. Someone in the back. Yeah. 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 Higher. Yeah, yeah. Higher. <laughs> Hire your boyfriend to let pipe someone in the kneecap just before they go on the ice and be like, I don't know what's going on. Um, yeah, no, but instead, Moses, um, you don't even have to do too much. You just have to step out on your relationship, apparently. So um, one day, uh, Seto, the former, now former captain of the Japanese swim team, uh, who was actually set to win an Olymp? Like he was probably gonna win an Olympic medal, um, gold probably, because uh, he is the world champion for 200 meter and 400 meter individual medley, and those are difficult, right? You know, this, you know, he really knows how to dive in. If you know what I'm saying. But uh, it seems as though he stepped out on his marriage, and uh, it became a huge thing in Japan, and because of it. Um, he was subsequently suspended from his position, uh, and it was cited that it was unsportsmanlike conduct um, to be an irresponsible behavior. Like, so I just want to understand what the hell are you talking about, Japan, whereby which you decide it's okay to just tell someone he cannot go in. And I don't know if this is too American of me, or maybe I've become too normalized to North America, but I think this seems ridiculous. You know, I think my guy was just out here trying to, he's trying to practice his strokes. You know, Moses, you got the, you know, ludicrous said it best, breaststroke, backstroke, stroke of a genius. If you want to be a stroke of a genius, Moses, you got to practice breaststroke and backstroke. Well, the Japanese, uh, you know, swimming federation was smart enough to say, you know, this scandal is not going to go into next year's Tokyo Olympics. So that's a good thing for him and them because they know he's their feature man. If you're going to deny your country a gold medal just because of that. Now, you know, there's, there's, I think, a lot worse things that come to mind when it comes to suspensions or deserving of suspensions. I just mentioned doping. We were just... Pull, you know, just lightly joking around it, but underneath the surface, there is a, a real thing to that. Yeah, you don't want to cheat in your sport or something no. cheating in the sport. No, that's not. That's something I think everybody would agree on. That would be something that you would ban someone over. Um, never mind, just give them a suspension for a, a year. But when somebody does in their own business, good, bad, indifferent. That's that's their Good business. On, yeah. Eventually, if it comes to light and they get in trouble in you know public opinion or yeah. when it comes to you know some kind of legal issue, then that, that's that's that they deal with it. But when it comes to the federation, you know that's that's interesting. Like I, I don't even think they have uh, you know these stricter policies in uh, what should we call it? What do you call those uh, like beauty pageants? Uh, no. You know? I, I think they're they're far worse. I think they're far no, but like I mean, way I more lenient that than is a excessive. beauty pageant. Yeah, yeah no, it's 100%. ridiculous. This, excessive. This is or stricter than a beauty pageant. I think you know honestly, like you're talking about a guy who's, you know, having an affair on something that's 
to be fair, if you disagree with it, I, I don't, you know, obviously agree with extramarital affairs. Uh, but am I... Neither does the Japanese swim team, Moses. So don't worry. They, they don't agree with it. They become either. the moral authority. Of, oh, yeah, the moral know. compass. The moral compass exactly. for the Japanese people. Because every time I think of doing something wrong, I always think, what does the Swimming Federation of Japan think? And if it bides by their you know, standards, their conduct standards, then I'm, then I'm okay. Then I'm at peace in my heart. And if you don't know um, it, ladies and gentlemen, you can download the PDF online at www.moses'sjapanesemanual.com uh, forward slash uh, 2020, uh, 10, 15, uh, 10, right? Or oh, 20. Yeah. No, never mind. Sorry, I'm just updating them uh, on your most up-to-date reference, right? Of this PDF, right? With all the information here um, with uh, the Japanese manual. So, yeah. Sorry, continue, yeah. continue. What's, what's crazy Yeah, what's crazy is that they're like, you know, when you, you look at um, Seto, you know, obviously he did something that he screwed up on in his words, right? Yeah. And he takes responsible for, you know, his behavior. Um, and trying to restore trust in his family. Now, that's something that he's got to deal with personally, but I don't think he, that that really is the concern of the, the Federation. Like, what is he doing to harm? Is he harming a certain brand? Now, perhaps maybe when it comes to cultures, we, we, under, we understand that certain cultures hold certain things of a higher esteem. This is frowned upon. I think it's frowned upon in general, but it's a little more lenient here in North America because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know, everything goes compared to, say, you know, Japan, where they, they try to hold on to these morals a lot more. Uh, and, y- you know, I, I just think it's just overreaching. Mm-hmm. You know, what, a per- what an athlete does or what a person does in their own, the privacy of their own home, um, you know, stays they, there. You know, like golden showers, like, you know, uh, a little bit of poop play, you know, we know. Okay. Huh? What? I'm not, hey. I'm not going into that. Hey, hey, oh my hey, God. man. Hey, how about? <laughs> I was gonna say I just had lunch, man. Like, you know, I just ate. I just ate. So like, just don't, don't do that. Okay. <laughs> sorry, y'all. Sorry. Okay, my bad, Moses. My bad. My bad. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to do that to you. <clears throat> hey, Odell Beckham's doing great though. Hey. Um, Whatever. Four anyway, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, I know we've, uh, we've we've gone through a lot, man. I think that concludes the episode, huh? the episode twenty-two, uh of the Beyond the Bleachers podcast. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening in, and those who could watch, watch um, even more on the YouTube. Like, sh- share, and subscribe. Um, Moses, is there anything else you wanted to add? Paul Pierce is an amazing oh. basketball player and well-deserving oh, really? of his having his jersey retired oh. and that he should be in the Basketball Hall of Fame. Okay, okay, cool, 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 cool. That's that's weird. I want to get that out there. Just oh, sure you just wanted good, to get that good out energy there? and good vibes out okay, there. Okay, okay. All right. Um, yeah, no, I listen, uh, before we get everything over, I just have a message that was written to me by this child. Uh, they were, it was a make a wish, right? So, of course, I have to read verbatim, Moses. Would you bear with me? And again, it's make, make a wish. So, this is a child's dying wish. 
a child's dying wish that Paul Pierce be removed from any discussion for A, Hall of Fame, uh, B, <laughs> Yeah, dude. Anyway, you know, it's important to really understand those uh, those wishes and uh, we need to follow through. I'm trying to do my best. So uh, outside of that, um, I just wanted to say, everyone, thanks for tuning in uh, for another week. We look forward to seeing you guys next week. Moses, thanks so much for being with me again for another week, man. Uh, I hope Absolutely. you have a rest of your week and we, get, we look forward to more sports. And more great stuff to talk about next week. All right, people. Peace. This podcast is a Collab House production.